ladies and gentlemen, Cover Band Central Wisdom Hour, number 44 for November 20th, 2018. I'm Steve Wichel in New Orleans. Salutations, people. Lucky 44. Tony B here. Yes, I like double, double numbers. Double, 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 double. 44, 44. 44. Now, see, oh, man, I've been having audio issues for the last couple hours on my computer, but it looks okay. But if anybody's out there listening, please let me know if you can hear us both evenly <laughs> and clearly and loudly enough. We've been having audio issues for the past 44 episodes. So bear <laughs> with us. <laughs> that is actually the truth. Yeah, please bear with us. <laughs> Experiencing technical difficulty. We, we always have it worked out. Uh, By episode 88, we'll have it down. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, for, it sounds good on my end, so I, I, I'm just hoping that other people can, can hear it. Steve, it always sounds good on my end. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Um, all right, so we're live on the page, Cover Band Central, Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Cover Band Central, and I'm about, to, I'm about to share it to the group Yeah, of, of the same name. Imagine that. Cover Band Central. Cover Band Central. It is the, all right, we're successfully shared to the group. All right, so usually somebody comes in here, so hopefully somebody will come in here and let us know. They can hear us well. That would be nice. Um, just so, I mean, it looks good. Meter looks good. Everything looks good. I, I, you know, I was, uh, I was trying to do a video earlier and I had this set up with green screen and everything. And, um, the audio was just not, it wasn't working properly. And I could not for the life of me figure out what it was, what the problem was. Unplug this, you know, replug it in, reboot this un you know, turn this off, turn this on. I mean, <sighs> Anybody else out there have problems with their audios <laughs> ever? I'm sure they do, Steve. You're not alone. Yes. Um, it's funny. It's real. It's funny when you, the struggle is real. It's funny when you have it, like, if you're playing all of a sudden, and, like, you're playing guitar, you're playing bass, and all of a sudden it just stops. You just stop getting sound, and I've had that happen I don't know how many times. And the first, like, it's funny, you go through, you, if you're in the middle of a song, which has happened to me, you just quickly go, go through the possible, the possible reasons <laughs> that your sound is gone. In a mad panic state. <laughs> mad panic. panic. Extravaganza. You, you shake the instrument cable, you look at the amp, make sure it's on, look at the volume, you, you make sure everything's plugged in, and then, and if that doesn't fix it, then you start banging on things and... <laughs> Typically, that's preceded by, it's like, <coughs> and then nothing sound stops coming out. No, if that happens, if you hear that sound, you're screwed, man. Forget it. I've heard that sound many, many times. Oh, man. And the good thing is that drums don't need amplification. So when the rest of the band is blown up, you can drum solo. Yes. I've I've seen that happen. Too. Yes, I remember playing a gig one time, and they blew the kept blowing the breaker out, and all the lights, and everything would go out, and it'd be pitch black, and there was no music playing whatsoever, and I would just play solo. <laughs> yeah, that's happened to me many times. Actually, multiple, that happened multiple times. Yeah, that happened to me this year actually, and it was uh, the 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 reason was uh, that somebody nearby had uh, in a vehicle had hit a telephone pole and knocked, ah, knocked out the power. Yeah. So we were, it was, it, it went out and then it came back on. It, w it was out for like a few minutes and it came back on and then we finished the gig and then five minutes after we were done, it, it was out again and it was out for good. Oh, dude, before I forget. So December 18th in a bookstore by us in Ridgewood. Yeah. Getty Lee is coming to do a book signing for his big, beautiful book of bass. Really? So is he doing a book tour? I hope. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a 400-page like coffee table book called The Big Beautiful Book of Bass. Wait. And it's all um it's pretty it's it's $79 for the book. Right. But it's 400 pages, it's all kinds of history of all basses that he's played, why he played them, and then uh it goes in depth with like researching he has a, he has a collection of like over 100 basses, I guess. So he goes through like all the different time uh eras of bass and technology advancements in bass and bass playing and consults with other other bass players like Les Claypool and other guys in the book. So it seems like pretty cool. So what you're telling me 
what you're telling me, Tony Biner, is that I have potentially have the opportunity to go to a bookstore and meet Getty Lee and shake Correct. his hand. Yes, and that's why me and Cole are going. We decide to go. We weren't. I wasn't going to go because it was expensive, you know. But then I'm like, when will we ever get to meet Getty Lee? And there's all kinds of stipulations. Like you got to buy the book online. There's only a hundred books that are going to be sold. You have to go to the store, pick up your book before you get in line. You can't get in line without a book that you bought at that store. You can't take like posed pictures with Getty. You can't bring memorabilia with you. Um, you can only take like a candid shot. I guess like he's behind the thing, and you like lean over like next to him, like hey, and they you know take a picture. But there's like all kinds of rules and regulations involved with it. But um. So, but I can get a selfie with him. Is what you're saying? Could kind get. of. You can't go around behind the table and stand next to him, but you can right, you can turn around with him in the background, like giving you a thumbs up and take a picture. Okay. But um, I'm just we want to go just to, to to shake Getty's hand. That's awesome because and, I and talk to him, you know. I, I have this goal to to meet all of my favorite bass player idols at, at some point and I have met a a few of them. Um Steve Harris from Iron Maiden, I met him. Oh boy, uh, trying to think what year it was. It was the early 90s and uh, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, I went to a concert. I was working for Sam Goody and I went to a main concert with my boss at the time was the district manager and he used to bring me to concerts all the time. And he had the after party passes and, and all of Iron Maiden was there at the after party and, and taking pictures and signing autographs and stuff. And when they were done, I didn't go approach it because it was like too too much of a mob of people. But when they were done, Steve Harris was walking away, and I kind of stalked him and cut him off. <laughs> I, I just stopped him, and I shook his hand. I said, hey, I'm a bass player, and, and I, I, you know, I've been admiring you for, I don't remember what I said exactly. I was probably just like, and he was cool. He, he nodded, and, and he, he said, cheers, and he signed my ticket stub, my, uh, my Iron Maiden ticket stub, and I got to shake his hand. So that was Steve Harris. That was one. John Entwistle. I met John Entwistle, um, and he's dead now, so that's good that I met him. He was on a solo tour playing in Long Island. He was out back. Went up. Me and my brother went up and shook his hand. Uh, Billy Sheen, I shook his hand. Uh, who else? Um, Rudy Sarzo. Met him and took pictures with him, talked to him for a while. Um, but Getty Lee is one I have not, and he is one of my heroes, so I would love to go meet Getty Lee. Yeah, I've met all of my drumming heroes, many, um, except for Neil Peart. He's the only guy that I, I haven't met. So I figured Getty's the next best thing. Yeah, there you go. Um, and to to round out my list, I want to meet John Paul Jones and uh, Paul McCartney. And that would be it. Cool. Yeah. Um, so Chonk is here. He said, hey, guys. So what's up, Chonk? Thanks for listening. Let us know, Chonk, how we sound, if we sound our levels are even, and if you can hear us clearly and loudly, because I was having audio issues if you missed that. Yeah. Um, if anybody, because I'll listen back sometimes, and then, like, last week's I listened back, and at first I was, like, way louder than you, and then then it was, it kind of evened out a bit more, and hmm. it kind of seemed like, because you were back talking up on the mic back here, and, and then you would come up, and it, that's the way it sounded to me. All right, uh, Chong said, even clearly and great. So, okay, we're doing it right, finally. It's great. It's great. Very cool, very cool. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be interesting tidbit of information. And then I had uh, another story to share, which is really cool, is that uh, last week, like I told you, Cole, my youngest son, at school, they have a coffee hour. So he played with his band um, and did a drum solo, and then he played piano and uh, did Billy Joel's Vienna. Oh, uh, dude, that is one. That is my favorite Billy Joel song, hands down. Yeah, and the girl, um, his friend from school, who's like the lead in the play and real talented girl, Shayna, she sang it, uh, and it was really killer. But the cool thing was that there was probably like a hundred kids there after school in the library, all sitting there. There was like sixteen or eighteen acts, and they're all you know freshman through senior year. And they were all really good, dude. Like some kids get getting up for the first time singing karaoke and, you know, they're nervous and they're kind of like a statue, but they're giving it their best. And, you know, they got, they got enough balls to get up there and do it. And then there was, you know, a couple of, of acts that were really, really good. And it was just really cool to see that, you know, back in, you know, 
that age group of high school kids from, say, you know, 13 through 18, that they put this together. Um, you know, it's a big production. They put a backdrop up. They got a PA system. Um, you know, Kel, who I used to play in a band with, runs the whole thing because he works at the high school, um, you know, with the IT department. And uh, it was just really, really inspiring to see these young kids get up and A, how talented they were, and B, that even if they weren't that great, they still had enough courage to get up and, and try, you know, and do it. Sure. And sure. and it was it was really, really cool. Very cool. Did you get that on video? Any of that on video? Yeah, I got the I got I got the uh, I got the whole thing on on video. Not on my phone though. I did it on my my camcorder, so I'd have like 1080p and and, and good surround sound mic, and uh, it's, it's really good. But the file's really big, so it's it's hard to uh, do anything with. You know what I mean? Because it's it's so uh, dense. You can do but something sound- with it. I want to see. I want to see. Yeah, it, it sounds killer. Yeah, I, I really want to see it and. Uh, Get, if you can get it condensed, you know, put it on, uh, get Karen to put it on Facebook. You have to figure out a way to do it, for sure. But yeah, yeah it, it was really cool. It's figure so, out, It's figure outable. Yeah, no doubt. And then he's already planning something for the next one, which is going to be like in February, I think. Sweet. I can't reveal what that is just yet. Oh, uh, man, I, I love that song, man. That is it's such a great song. It just says it all, that tune to me. Yeah, it was really good. It was really cool. The only thing that was interesting was Cole said that uh, when he got up there to play it, the keyboard that they have is all weighted keys. Right. And he's used to playing on a regular Korg, non-weighted. So he said all of a sudden it was like, ah, because, you know, the keys don't come up as quick. Sure, yeah. You have to adjust your method of playing. Yeah, definitely different feel for both. How do you not have a, 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 a real acoustic piano in your music emporium house there? I don't. I have a Korg um, keyboard that I bought from Jimmy, and uh, it's it's just it's not weighted, but you know right. it was uh, suits the bill. You know, I didn't know Cole was going to be a piano aficionado where he's going to be learning twenty songs in you know twenty <laughs> weeks right. on his own. Nothing beats, Had I, you know, known that I would have bought a baby grand or something. Yeah, nothing beats a real piano. Get it? You can get a spinet, man, for for pretty affordable. Uh, you know, upright spinet. Spinets are really nice, um, and they're you know they're they're compact, so they don't take up too much space. You put it against the wall somewhere. Yeah, we'll see. I'm sure you know. Right now, I got the cord just up against the wall on top of two speakers, and they sit at it. And then I got the xylophone and electronic drums, and you know all the all the mega kits and stuff set up. So we'll see. I'm sure when he goes to college next year, he's going to want to take that Korg with him so he has oh, something yeah, to play. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It's light in the case. It's not, it's not terribly cumbersome to transport around, you know? Right. I, I dream of having a house where I can have a piano, like a real piano. Yeah, it's cool. I used to, I don't know if I ever told you this. I, I When I was in my early 20s, I was living in uh, uh, Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. I was living in, I, I rented this room, me and my buddy Jeff, and it was a tiny, tiny room, and we were playing in a band called Little Sister, which was original band. And we used to rehearse in the same, in the house. There was a room next to the room that we lived in. Jeff, that was Jeff Steele, right? Yeah, yeah, Jeff, Jeff Steele, Jeff Seagal is his real name. Um, and the the landlady, J- uh, Janet, um, rest her soul, Janet Rains, who was the singer of Little Sister, her her uh, mother owned the house, and she lived in the house upstairs. And her profession was uh, she would buy used pianos and fix them up, tune them to uh, concert pitch, and um, and then sell them. So she was always having pianos come in and go out. And I would, I, yeah, I was, and I was working, a, I was wor- it was my early 20s. I had a, just a lousy job. But it was 6.30 in the morning to 2.30 in the afternoon. And I would, I would come home and I would uh, just sit and go in that, rehearsal room that we used and where the pianos were kept and and just sit there and play piano and uh, i loved that i love having a real piano man because you could feel it you know you well, just how that you say that you know i have a friend of mine who's moving and i think he's given away his baby grand piano i just have to pay to get it moved there you go that's easy enough i'll have to investigate that as long as you have a place to put it too yeah it depends how big it is because my music room is pretty packed you know right you have like a living room space or anything you could put it where it's uh, family shared? Uh, not really. No. Hmm. Well, you'll figure it out. 
Yeah, I may have to disassemble one of the seven drum sets and make one. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> or just get make an eighth drum set and then yeah, or just you know put an addition on my house for the piano. There you go. See, now you're thinking. Now you're or thinking. Or keep or be real, real uh, crazy and just keep it outside under a tarp. Ooh, no, that's that's too crazy. <laughs> Play outdoor piano when weather permits. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It would last for a little while. It would probably sound good for like a year or two. Yeah, I would think so. You or get... start delaminating, getting all shitted up. Yeah. You don't get quite the acoustics outdoors that you do get indoors. Yeah, it's just true. That wall bounce. Well, we could amp. We could, you know, we could mic it up. You could. You could do that too. Make Pump it through the PA. Yeah, why not? You know, entertain the neighbors because I'm sure they would appreciate it. They would. I have musical neighbors. They dig it. There you go. Good idea. Um, so I don't know how we got there. Um, we started it with technology. Quickly. It went from Getty to <laughs> News of the Week. You know? Technology, technology problems, Getty Lee, and blah, 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 News of the Week. High yeah. school talent. High school talent, yes. Um, to pianos. And here we are. Here we are. Always. We're here. We're now. It's now. Um, so, uh, uh, so you, uh, yeah, you're still got the shoulder thing. You're not playing. I'm not playing. Wednesday night is typically in the United States is typically known as far as I know where we grew up in our area as the biggest party night of the year, the night before Thanksgiving. And that's when a lot of bands will play and, oh, yeah. and, uh, do well because the reason it's the biggest party night of the year is because most people don't have to work on Thanksgiving. And a lot of people are visiting from out of town and are looking to go out with their cousins or their... Yeah, home from school, college. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people go out and, and party. So I'm interested to see on CBC what people are are, uh, are doing this year. I am not playing. Oh, no, I am playing Wednesday night. Thanksgiving Eve, I am playing. But in New Orleans, it's not as much because I don't think you don't get as many people visiting here for that for Thanksgiving holiday. Although Thanksgiving night is uh, uh, the saints are playing a home game here and they're playing the Atlanta Falcons. And then the weekend is uh, Bayou classic, which is a, a uh, annual event here. Football. I think <laughs> I don't even know what it is. I just know it's, it, it, it draws a lot of people from uh, that type of uh demographic so it's generally more r&b and and rap type fans so we typically don't play that weekend i probably talked about this last year too but yeah. i don't normally play on the weekend anyway but um but thursday night we would normally play and, and we we have played on thanksgiving night most of the time but this year we're not because of bayou classic starting and the home saints game against atlanta because that will be just not our crowd we're a rock band, so we're not playing on Thanksgiving night this year, mm. which is kind of disappointing, but it is what it is. Yeah, probably first time in a long time, too. Yeah, yeah, it has been a, a long time. Most of the time I've been here, I've been playing on Thanksgiving night and, uh, and Christmas night, too. But this year, probably not Christmas night because it's on a Tuesday and I don't normally work Tuesdays. So I'm going to... Ah, there you go. I'm going to keep it off. I'm going to stay off and uh, spend time with my family Christmas Eve and Christmas. Nice. Yeah. It's a way to go. So what are you doing for Thanksgiving? I am just going to, I bought a turkey, turkey today, like a real turkey, and I'm going to cook that real turkey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was good. Sound um, effects. And uh, I'm going to make my, I'm just spending it, me and my dog, because um, I am playing Wednesday night, and that's you know, late night, and if I were to go out to see my family by the time I get there, it's, you know, it's late afternoon already. Most of Thanksgiving is over. My brother's going away. Um, so I'm going out there in a couple weeks anyway. So, so I'm, cool. gonna, I'm just going to hang. I'm going to cook. I'm going to watch football, watch the parade, watch football, chill, probably do some CBC work as I do every day. Um, nice. Yeah. So that's it. How about you? Yeah, we got, um, typically we host Thanksgiving. So we have um, 
we usually have like 20 people at the house. I think we have 12 this year because my mother-in-law just had a hip surgery, hip replacement. So she's not coming. But I think my father-in-law is coming. 92, God bless him. He's coming up. Wow, nice. Yeah, and um, Karen's whole side of the family, sister, her family, um, nieces, nephews, cousins, you know. So it should be good. Cool, cool, cool. Mad preparation tomorrow, and then Thursday, uh, it's game on. Very good. Yeah, looking forward to it. Why not? We have Friday off of work, so we got a four-day weekend, which is nice. There you go. Me too, although I have to work Sunday night. Uh, so, I'm not sure what to go into and first. Obviously, here. I'm not playing at all because of my arm, but right. uh, so I'm off as well. Right. Um, so, I've been talking about this for a while, that I've been writing this ebook, and um, I have finished it. I have a little bit of editing to do with it, but it's finished. And I'm going to put it out there for sale for cheap, five bucks. Um, as soon as I finish editing, I need to convert it to PDF, and I'm going to sell it. And it is the ebook is, uh, I think I've settled on 23 as the amount of things, 23 ways to help you to make more money playing in a cover band. And they are very real-life practical things that you can do to elevate your success, if that's what you want to do. Um, and make sure your fly zip one of them? No. Oh, 24. <laughs> um, but or, I, or unzip, depending on the club. Right, <laughs> right. 25, there you go. So top 25 things. <laughs> I actually have 24 here, and I have to, I have to eliminate <laughs> one. You got to pair it back. <laughs> Make twenty three. Yeah, um, I like that. Cool. So when's when's it out? It's gonna be out. I'm gonna just. I need to edit it a little bit and then convert it to PDF and then I just package it up and put it out for sale online. Not real life packaging. Um, it's you know just make it look pretty, and I will uh, I will be talking about it all over the place on the CBC page and the group on the website. Blah blah blah. Um, but I wanted to kind of dig in and just tease this a little bit and just pick one of these and maybe you and I can riff on on why this uh, contributes to your band making more money. Um, and these are, and I, I preface this whole thing when I'm talking about it, saying that these are are not necessarily the conventional things that you would consider to how, how can you make more money. And th th these are practical action steps that you can take if you if that is your goal if you want to make more money with your band um, or just if you're playing by yourself whatever it is um, if you're if you're doing it already for money and you want to improve your situation these are all practical actionable steps you can take to accomplish that these are proven steps that work that I've done that other people have done that the, the successful bands out there do on a consistent basis. So is one of them to bring an aquarium with a King Cobra in it and put a hundred dollar bill inside and see who is daring enough to try and get it? No, but that's a good uh, idea. Sorry, I digress. Continue, please. Uh, well, that's it. So I wanted to just kind of pick out one or two maybe and kind of tease this so that people can really see the value of this. Um, cool. And again, I'm, I'm just, Going to sell it for four four ninety nine five bucks, and it's going to be well worth that. Um, so I'm trying to just just scroll through, and I'm uh, what I'll do is I'll read exactly what I wrote, and then we can we can uh, uh, riff on it. Um, so I'm just trying to pick one that is that is right, that is good to 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 talk about. Um, okay. All right, this is good. It's point number four in the ebook, um, and it's no more songs than you need. Um, after playing in cover bands for over thirty years, I can tell you one thing for certain: you can never know enough songs. There are always new songs to learn, and your catalog should be at least double of what you're required to play at a show. 
Learning songs is an ongoing process in the life of a cover musician. It's also a big part of the fun. Keeping your song list fresh and updated is also a key element that leads to success. The best cover bands are constantly adding songs to their repertoire as well as digging up old gems. Not only does knowing a lot of songs help you to get more gigs, it also makes things more fun for the band members. When you play the same exact set list every gig, it gets boring and band members can and will become complacent. You want to stay on your toes in this business. Trends change, crowds change, and band members change too. You should always, always have more than enough songs to play for every show. In fact, if you have songs left over that you want to play that you didn't get to, that's a good thing. The end. (laughs) Yeah, and don't be afraid to call audibles either, right? If you have a set list in front of you and you see that this crowd's going a certain way or they're vibing more on a certain genre of music, you know, you you can definitely bypass what's on the paper and just start calling out, you know, songs. That, that fit the uh, the moment, right? And to your point, if you have you know double the songs that are on your set list, then you have a a nice well to draw from, right? And you want you really do like this is a repeat um, customer business too. You want people coming back, right? You know, and, and that's not something that that people talk about a lot, I guess. But that's really kind of important to to consider that successful businesses are are the ones that get repeat customers um so if if you want people coming back you need to mix it up you need to keep it fresh you need to offer something new um you know the best bands the best cover bands i've seen do exactly that and and you you have to leave people wanting more too like I mean, just the quick example that popped into my head is like I used to go see the nerds and the nerds are are a uh a theme band from New Jersey who have had tremendous success. Um, they have been around, what, tw- 25 years now? At least, right? At least, yeah. Um, and they're, they're based off of, their theme is based off the, the movie Revenge of the Nerds, so they dress like that with the tape on the glasses and the, the you know, the flannel shirts and, and whatnot. But they're excellent musicians. And I've seen them, I've gone to see them play and they've played Bohemian Rhapsody and done a really good job. And then the next time I go to see them or maybe if I go to see them a couple of years later, I'm thinking, I hope they play Bohemian Rhapsody. I want to see it again. And if they don't, it's like, mm, that left me wanting more. Now I'm going to come back and see them again So in hopes that they play that. So, um, so it, yeah, it's keeping things fresh, updated all the time. And, you know, Put put you know shelving songs for a while and and trying to uh, you know just keep it interesting. I think you know. Yeah, no doubt. Like songs are important. There's no you know it, it's a it's probably one of the hardest things that we've spoken about. You know to to come up with a set list and and pick the songs that you you are gonna have in your repertoire. You know because you, you want some. You definitely want hits and you want recognizable songs. You may want some eclectic mix of some obscure stuff that someone's going to say, wow, man, yeah, I saw this band and they did X, Y, Z song. And it was like, holy cow, I didn't expect that. You know, I've never seen a band do that. Right. You know, just to bust, just to throw something else into the mix that wouldn't normally be in the repertoire, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, it's just you just can never know enough songs. You 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 always have to kind of start keep keep lear- learning new songs. Just if you want to stay relevant and you want to keep everybody interested in what's going on cuz it's so much fun, man, when when you learn when the band learns a new song. I don't know about you, but it's always fun for me when it's like brand new. Like, oh, thank god. Oh, yeah, and everyone's excited to play it and you can't wait to to bust it out, you know. It freshens it kind of freshens everything else up, too. And you know what's funny too? We've learned, in the past we've learned new songs and we were like so excited to play them and we learned them and we nailed it and then we go out and play it like two or three times and it, it didn't go over so we didn't play it anymore. Right, but that's I mean that's cool. That's it's what okay, though, you know. That's part that comes with the cor- you know part of the course. You, you part for the course. You you need to um, test it out sometimes and see if it works. Sometimes not everything's going to land. Right, but but, um, but you got to try. You know, it only hurts you for. Three and a half minutes, whatever it was. 
Yeah, and nonetheless, you still it's another song that you know how to play, regardless. Right, right. Um, so that I mean, would you agree? Because I haven't put this out for sale yet, and and, and I'm, you know, I'm very very critical of my writing. Uh, but would you agree that that is a point that would contribute to people, to bands, making themselves some more money? Yes, I would agree on that. I would also add to that by saying they need to be able to execute the songs well. Like there are just some songs that if you're not equipped to do it, you probably shouldn't attempt it. Yes, I agree. And I would consider that a, a separate point, but it is a valid yeah, point yeah. nonetheless. Um, but no, song selection is, is always the key, right? It's always, um, you know, I've seen great bands that had, you know, a not so great song selection. And it's like, hey, the band was really good, but the selection of songs wasn't so hot. You know, as opposed to, like you said, uh, you know, knowing your audience, having the right songs, and then maybe not executing them perfectly, but everyone's singing along and having a good time and the vibe is there. And that's what you, know, that's what you want. I mean, think about like we talked about with uh, some of the cover bands we've known in New Jersey over the years, right? Where the musicians weren't the best musicians, but it was party time, you know? Right. And, sure. and, they, and the band wasn't that great, but the songs were good and people went because they, it was a party. Right, you know, and the vibe is what they wanted to go see, and they oh, we have to go because they're playing, and we know that everyone's going to be there to see them. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if those times are still the same up in Jersey. Yeah, it was different a little bit back. Yeah, then, it's it's not. You know, it's not like it was. Yeah, but it is like that in other places. And oh yeah, no, no doubt. But I mean, I think we were privileged to live in the heyday of that era. Yes, indeed. You know, where um, it hasn't been like that again, and it actually cycled through where it was covers and originals and then covers again. Right. You know, which was really cool to live through that whole uh, metamorphosis, you know, because we were in cover bands, and then all of a sudden, you know, at the time I was in Eye of the Storm, and it was like the original scene was really happening, and we played, you know, everywhere. I mean, we, as an original band, you know, we didn't play any covers. We played all original music, and the places were always packed. Right. And then that started to wane, and then it went back to the cover band scene again. And then I don't think that it ever regained any momentum for original uh, acts after that. No, it didn't. Yeah, I went through the same thing. You know? Same but it was a great time to, to be a musician, for sure. And there was camaraderie, and like I said, there was, there was great bands, and um, you know, it was like a, almost like a brotherhood of, of original acts, and, and you met, met a lot of cool people along, along the way, and everyone was striving for the same thing. You know, there was no internet yet. There was no YouTube you know, so it was all word of mouth, and you'd go see bands because so and so knew a guy who knew somebody, and you got to check this band out. And um, you know, it was just a great time to, to, like I said, play music. It certainly was. It certainly helped us uh, shape our careers and our our skills and everything. Um, yeah, and gain tons of wisdom in a short amount of time too. You know. Yeah, man. I wish I could go back and play some of those gigs that, with the knowledge I have now. You know, some of those sure. same exact gigs. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, I, but, I, can, um, I can remember playing Studio One um, with Little Sister as an original band, and I didn't know anything really about sound, about monitors, about... But I just I just got up and played. But I just remember playing Studio One with original band, and the place was so big that during soundcheck, you could hear the slapback of the kick drum yeah. off of the back wall, because it was just such a giant, immense room. Yeah, yeah. I played some epic gigs there, man. That was, uh, those of you who don't know, it was the happening club in North Jersey, North New Jersey in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, that was like the place to play. And all the national acts came through, played there. And, uh, you know, it was just the big hang for everybody. For, for me, I mean, I used to go there every weekend. I lived close enough to it where I would go and just hang out every weekend and then play there a lot too. Played some really good gigs. Um, to packed rooms when I was so in, what's in, another in, teaser from your okay I'll pick another one book. sure I did say I, another one is I, I say about pick the right songs but we just kind of talked about that but that is a separate separate issue than knowing uh, knowing more songs than you need um, uh, but I'm going to try song one I don't want to give too much away but I do want to tease all this stuff because it's really 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 valuable information if you t the key of this too is 
if anybody wants to to buy this and read it the the key here is about taking action you know you can learn as much as you can but if you don't do something about it then it's worthless you need to actually act on these things and um and see the results because you can only imagine certainly some of the results by reading this stuff but when you actually do it and take the action you're in movement you're in motion then you will see how how it works but i can tell you for sure this this stuff works um all right i'm going to jump to this one this is a good one to to go to it's point number 10 of 23 or 24 or 25 have a lofty goal um as mentioned earlier there's nothing wrong with aim uh, I mentioned it in the book, aiming high. My dog's barking, distracting me. Uh, it Good sound. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, it's strongly advised to do so, have a lofty goal. Some of the bands out there that make the most money aren't necessarily the best musicians. We've just kind of talked about that. Um, but what did they do to get where they are? They aimed high. They didn't worry about being the best. The truth is nobody is really the best at their craft. There are those who are good. There are those who are great. And there are those who suck. Some of the ones that suck still make it to the, to the top. Why? Because they had a lofty goal. They didn't care that other players were better than them. They had a vision for what they felt they wanted to achieve, and they didn't let anything or anyone stop them. You can do that too. Suspend disbelief and write down your lofty goal. Go nuts with it. State that you want to make X amount of dollars and you want to play X amount of times and you want to play the biggest venue to the largest crowd you can imagine. Let your dreams breathe. There is no downside to it, but there is a very definite upside. Once you have that vision in place and you can feel it, you set into motion the laws of the universe that will actually make it manifest. I am living proof of this. I've played in some of the grandest venues to thousands of people and made a boatload of money, all because I set the goal in the first place. Remember where we started here. We emphasize having a goal. Make it a big one, one that you can't even really believe right now, but do it anyway. You have nothing to lose, but everything to gain. Lofty goals. Yeah, well said. Lofty goals. I like that. Yeah. And the action. You've got to put action to it, right? Yes, you have to take action on that. Because like, an action can mean the slightest thing. It can mean just making a phone call to somebody. It can mean just sending somebody a, a, a message, an email. Uh, it can mean uh, creating a vision board in your, your house and just putting up pictures of the things that you would like to to experience in life. Um, you know, when, it, when you, it comes to a lofty goal, you know, just, or you could journal about it or, or just visualize it. Um, just sit for and f breathe for five minutes and visualize that, that place you want to be. Or you could put yourself in the situation physically in the situation like if there's a big venue that you want to play go to that venue and go see a band or go and and make friends with the band stand on the stage and look in into the audience get that perspective because it's a whole 180 perspective uh, you know do whatever it, it takes to get into that feeling of that goal and it can be done the, the people that have done it are no smarter than you they're no more talented than you they just had focus but you make a good point too like let's say there's a room you really want to play you go there right every weekend or a couple times a month you know you get to know people right you meet you, you introduce yourself to the bartenders you know you don't say you're in a band you're trying to get in here i want to play you know you just roll up hey i'm so and so and you get to know the people right then they start to recognize your face then you're in there and then you know in Casual conversation, who's the owner? You know, oh, John, who books the band? So oh, that's Pete, you know? And then you start to, you know, develop relationships with these people like we've talked about, you know? Then it becomes easier to say, hey, man, you know, uh, I've been coming here for a while and I, I got a band and, you know, I, I'd love to play here. Yeah, absolutely. You um, know, it, it, it's one way in, especially if it's a hard club to get into or you're just not... You know, seldom is the guy that books the bands there, right, to talk to. You know, we all know how that goes. You know, the guy doesn't have his book with him. He can only talk on right. Wednesday at 2.17, and he only has 18 <laughs> seconds for, you know, talk to you about something. Right. And it, you can't book, you can't get stuff over the phone, you know? Right. 
And it's just tough, especially if you don't have, if you're not working with an agency, you know, that has a relationship with the place, you know, then it's up to you to, to, to foster that relationship, you know, and, and be, you know, be the business person in the band. And that's not for everybody. You know, there's usually one person in the band that's the best at it, but it's everybody's responsibility to always have your eyes open for gigs. You know what I mean? You could be at, a, you know, a doctor's office at an appointment and you're having a conversation with the the physician and he's saying, oh, yeah, you know, by the way, my daughter's bar mitzvah is coming up. Oh, well, you know what? I'm in a band. Do you have a band yet? You know, like there's always an opportunity to try and sell, right? So you've got to always be selling. Right. You're definitely a salesman as as a musician and a working band, for sure. Yeah. Y- even when you're on stage, you're selling. Yeah. That's the most important time to sell, you know, but that that's the hard, that's, the, you know, the soft sell, right? The hard sell is when you're trying to get, um, you know, or a cold, cold sell, right, is when you're trying to um, solicit some kind of work or gig through through a contact or through an opportunity that, it, you know, you have to really work for. Right. You know, and then, like you said, there's repeat business, too, where you've you've performed, you've, you've been hired to do something, you do a great job, you're personable, the people like you, and then immediately they say, oh, you know, we're definitely having you back for our next event. Right. Yeah. You know, and then through that, you know, oh, so and so Susie told me that you guys played her event and now we're having this other event and, you know, you became highly recommended and then you're there and you always have cards with you. Like, you know, like you're always selling, right? People come up, hey, man, the band sounds great. Do you guys do private parties? Yeah. We, you know, make sure you announce on the mic. Hey, we do, you know, we do events. We play private parties. We do corporate events, bar mitzvahs. We play birthday parties, backyard parties, you know, weddings, whatever event you need, we're the band for you guys, you know? And then over the course of, like I said, many gigs, you'll have people come up to you that just say, hey, I'm having, you know, a 50th birthday party down the thing and I want to hire you guys. Are you available on this date? You know, and it's always helpful on that spot not to say, well, let me get back to you. I got to check with the guys. You know, everyone's there. Guys, get your calendar out. You've got an opportunity right now, um, you know, to, 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 to book an event. Right. So you never know where, you know, who's watching you play where you are. So you always want to, you know, put your best foot forward because you're, like you said, you're always selling. Yeah, that's the truth. I had, um, last week, uh, I was uh, playing at the Swamp and Tracy, the singer, went out with the tip jar and she came back. It was just before we were going on break and she came back and she said to me, she, she pointed to some guy that was in the bar. She goes, that guy wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh, okay, what is this? So we, we end the set and then go on break and, or, and I come off stage and meet the guy and he's with this other guy and uh, he said he's friends with this girl on Facebook and he said he was in New Orleans and she said go see Steve at the Swamp and he told me her name and I didn't recognize it at first but then we pulled her up on Facebook I'm like oh yeah okay I, you know, I, I know who that is and he the guy he was with was is a, a, a promoter a music promoter and he works this is what he told me. I couldn't really verify it online because I'm a little skeptical of people. But he did tell me this, and it seems kind of legit, uh, but that he works with top bands, you know, big, big headline artist bands, you know. The big, th- big, big. The big bands. Um, and he, he said he knew Pete. The first thing he told me was, I, I, you know, I knew Peter Grant for seven years. And I'm like, the, the manager of Led Zeppelin, Peter Grant? And he goes, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. I mean, Zeppelin's my all-time favorite. So that caught my attention, and uh, I, I immediately got a card, one of my business cards for for CBC, and gave him one. Told him about it. We hooked up on Facebook. So, and he was saying, I was telling him, uh, he asked me if you know we'd be willing to tour, or if I would be willing to tour, and I said, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I love going on the road. Um, I'm not necessarily tied down to this situation. I could do that. And he said, you know, so and so might need a bass player, blah blah blah. So, nothing's transpired from, but something could transpire from that you never know we made the connection um so yeah i mean to your point that that you never know what's going on you always want to be your best they were filming he actually did a facebook lot after i had that conversation we went back on and he did a facebook live um and we were doing uh carry on wayward son by kansas and he was right by me stage left right in front of me and he he uh you know he did the facebook live did the whole thing and then kind of gave a thumbs up, and then I was off stage a little bit later, and he beckoned me over, and he showed me. He's like, "This is the violin player from Kansas." He watched it, and he he really loved it. So there you go. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's cool. Zach Zach Risby's on tour with Kansas right now. Um, is I playing violin? 
No, he's playing guitar. Oh, oh okay. I don't know who the violin player's name is. I, I didn't catch it, but I forget his name too. But Zach's a good friend of mine. Uh, used to own a studio in, in the Whippany called the Den. We recorded a bunch of I the Storm albums there. He was in Weisenheimer's for a while. I think before you. Oh, cool. Uh, guitar player, and then he played bass too. We were looking for a sub bass player, and he's you know he's one of those guys that plays guitar, bass. Uh, he played guitar in Power Windows with Joe Bergamini for years. You know the Rush tribute band, and um. We're looking for a sub bass player, and he's like, "I'll play bass." So he played bass in the band for like two years. Nice. And he wasn't even a bass player; he was just a talented dude, you know. And then he was friends with Kansas for many years, you know, and and contributed to some of their their songwriting efforts. And then uh, when they went on their big tour, um, they asked him to, if he wanted to play. Sweet. He's been on the road for I think two years now with them. There you go. Cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. I mean. You know, I, I was thinking about that when I was playing that night. It was like, you know, a lot of people will think like, oh, you know, I'll go out and I'll play and I'll be discovered, you know, and that never happens. That happens in movies. Um, but when after I met this guy, I was thinking, hmm, <laughs> maybe it could happen. <laughs> I'm sure it does happen, but just not as often as you think. Yeah, or, or not on this big grand scale like yeah, a Hollywood yeah. movie would be, but, but, but getting a break, sure and getting some work i mean i've gotten most of the jobs i've gotten just because i play and you know word of mouth people seeing me whatever um you know that's how i've gotten most of my work um just being out there playing if you want to be out there playing be out there playing right yeah because the opportunity if, if you're not out there playing the opportunities are limited to you know less than if you were out there playing right. you know because like you i've been approached too to say hey you know can you fill in can you would you like to join my band I run this production company. I need a drummer. You know, do you do you read? And there's always, you know, something. Like you said, for every ten, maybe two pan out to be something. But there's definitely, um, you know, opportunity out there. You have to be wary of it. To your point too, that it's just not, you know, some fictitious. Uh, that that's real. That it's real. You know. Yeah, you definitely want to. You know, be you don't want to be too skeptical, but. Wary. Wary is the good word to use there. I like it. Yeah. Oh, just aware, right? Alert of and aware of what what's going on. Yes. Um. So I, I mean, this ebook again. I I think this is very valuable, and I you know I wish I had a link for you guys to go to right now. Those of you who are listening, and uh, most of the people that listen to this show download it by the way. And um, thank you for doing that. First of all, and if you want to put something in the comments and just let us know what you think and say something, say hi. We sure would appreciate it. I, I don't know if you can put the comments on Spreak or maybe you can put them on iTunes. Um, but but I wanted to mention that I, I how I start this, and, and it's kind of a linear uh, ebook. Um, although these points could all be understood and taken separately and uh, take action on it separately, you want to kind of read it start to finish because it does have a flow to it that makes some sense um and so i'm, I'm not going to read this all verbatim here because it's pretty long but um we can just talk about this to um just start it with the first step really is to have a clear goal um you you really need to know and i put the quote in here from yogi berra if you don't know where you're going you'll end up someplace else um you know, you need to know, you need to be focused on exactly what it is you're trying to achieve um, as far as, and again, this is to the point of people that are in bands that are looking to improve their situation, make more money than what they're currently making. You have to have a clear and specific goal. Um, and there's a lot of things that are in this ebook that, that detail what, what the way that you can achieve that, having a clear goal. But that, it really needs to be the start. And your clear goal needs to be something, you know, it could be anything that is specific to your situation. Like, just like a clear goal would be, uh, we want we to all make $150 a show. We want to make sure every band member makes that much. That's a clear goal. Um, and there's other clear goals that you can put, include with that. Like, you want to be booked this amount of times. You want to play these clubs. Um, you want to be want it to be in this area, you know. There, there's so many of those things like that, but if you want it to to achieve that stuff, you need to know. You just need to be focused. Um, 
you know. <laughs> no, good stuff, man. Like I said, five bucks, sign me up. Nice. I will as soon as you join the website. It's 21 cents per idea. Is that correct? Did you do the math? 21.69%. Is that really correct? Or are you just making yeah. that up? Yeah, no, 499, 23 ideas, it's 21.68%. Right. You know, cents per recommendation well worth it the money you pay for a cup of coffee seriously um seriously well, well worth it. in china maybe not here <laughs> well maybe a bit think about that you can buy this book or you could buy a latte at starbucks which would you rather have right because a latte is only going to last so long that's it it's gone after you know maybe 15 minutes if you let it cool yes um but the book of wisdom will last you a lifetime. That's right. I mean, you can always go back and refer to it. I'm going to probably do an audiobook uh, companion with it. Um, just yeah. because, you know, talking, when somebody hears somebody talking, sometimes it has more impact because you have the vocal inflections and, and whatnot in it. And, um, you know, some people like to listen in their car and stuff like that. So I'm going to have a, a an audiobook companion with it that you can get separately or as a bundle, if you want to get both, I'll make a nice sweet deal for that. You know, probably, you know, whatever. Cheaper than buying them separately. No doubt. Yeah. Because um, I really do want to make, I, I want to help people and get their, and sort of elevate this whole industry. Because I, I think the more, you know, knowledge is power, the more that people know what to do and how to do it right, then it kind of just brings up the standard which uh, I think it, it overall will help us make more money just by raising the standard. Hopefully, you know that's my that's my dream. Part of my dream, one of my many <coughs> dreams. But the takeaway from all these things is the action piece, right? You gotta be diligent. You gotta have action on it. And like you said, you you know lofty goals, but you gotta put action behind them because you could have lofty goals and listen to, you know your favorite musician all day long and say, man, I just wish I could play like that. And I, sh I really want to play like him or her. And you're not practicing though, you know? So after a while, you're going to minimally or marginally get better, you know, without practicing something. Like we said last time, if it takes you a hundred hours to, to develop something, you know, you can do that in a month or you can do that in a year. It depends on your level of dedication. Exactly. You have to decide to be dedicated to it and then t and take out you're not going to get better playing guitar unless you play guitar right consistently <laughs> yeah you have to do it you you know, have to. not like we talk about this too you know that half hour a day is going to be way more beneficial than playing for four hours on a sunday afternoon and then not playing again until the following sunday right you're conditioning yourself right yes but that's what the pros do you know athletes I, i'm very influenced by sports because um, I grew up with sports and athletes practice the fundamentals, fundamentals, yeah. and not just in your your craft, but in in the business too. And that's what I'm trying to really drive home here: is these are all really fundamentals that work. These are taken from the the people that have made it work. So practice these fundamentals, and they will work. It will. It just it has to. You know, it's like getting in shape. You know, some so many people, you know, um, struggle with it, but it's really very, very simple. Eat right, exercise, and you will get in shape. Those are the fundamentals. Do it, it works. It, right, it and, and you know, not like the old saying, it's easier to stay in shape than to get in shape, you know? So once you've achieved a level of creativity and chops and proficiency on your instrument, you know, it's a lot easier to maintain that by being diligent as opposed to the effort it takes to get there, you know? So enjoy the journey, but once you've achieved a certain level, you're still getting better, but you're at a, a very high level of, of, of being able to perform. That's, you know, when it's most important because you want to stay there. Yeah. Yeah, when things start to get too complicated for you, you get confused, just go back to the basics, go back to the fundamentals, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll be right back where you want to be. Because that's what everybody that, that succeeds does. They practice the fundamentals of 
whatever it is they're, they're doing. Yes. Because uh, fundamentally, too, if you're struggling with something, the answer probably lies in the basic fundamental of whatever it is you're trying to, to do. You know, you like to go back and retrace your steps and go back to the, the beginning. Um, you know, like for drums, you can only play so fast, right? But if you go back to the fundamentals of the technique of how to strike with a stick or with a, a pedal, um, and you understand that, and then you practice it and reinvent maybe your approach sometimes, right? Go back to the fundamental uh, of, of, the, of the physics of it. Um, that's where you get the breakthrough. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest bugaboo for people too. They, I think they just lose sight of that because they get so past it that they forget to go back to that. I used to always like in school, especially early you know, in school when you would learn something and then you would graduate to your next grade and then you would start by reviewing the stuff you just learned. You know, that's... Yeah. That's what you have to do. You have to just keep, because if you want to pound stuff into your subconscious, you need to just keep learning it, keep relearning it, keep doing yeah. it. Um, and then it, then it becomes natural. It becomes normal. You don't have to think about it anymore. And this stuff, this information that, that I provide here with this, and, and a lot of things that I provided in articles and stuff that's on the, the website and stuff, it all it ties in. It all, it works, you know, so you, you just want to do stuff that works. Well, and the important takeaway too is to, to you know to practice things correctly, right? So go out and spend the four ninety nine and buy something that's has the the knowledge in it and and the 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 proper way to do something, right? Because you if you want to if you want to learn how to play drums and you just go down in your basement and you play and you have a natural uh, you know affinity for it, you'll get to a certain point, right? And you'll be able to play pretty proficiently. However, that does not preclude the value of if you had started off properly, right, with technique or lessons or you got information online or you had even better yet a live teacher to show you the correct way, right? Then once you start down the path and you're on the correct path, then at least your practice time is being spent towards a, a goal that you know you're going to achieve because you're you're fundamentally following the steps, you know? If you you can only get so far on your own. You know, so so seek out the 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 wisdom and the knowledge of people in the know, and, and you know you're gonna pay you know for anything worthwhile you're gonna have to pay for it, right? But once you get that information, then you can apply it properly, practice it correctly, and then you'll be guaranteed success. Yeah, absolutely. Use it and have that goal. I mean, a simple goal is I want to learn this song. That's a goal. So you sit down and you do whatever work it takes to learn the song, get it right, and then once you learn it, you know it. Goal achieved. Um, you know, your, your goals can be simple like that, or they can be lofty. That's why I made the lofty goal a different point, um, rather than just having a goal. Cause you know, you constantly want to make goals for yourself. So you feel like a sense of accomplishment too. It, it, it boosts your confidence and, and reinforces that, that you can achieve anything you want. You can, you don't have to be the best at what you do. Your band doesn't have to be the best at anything. You just have to believe in it. Um, and, and have a specific goal that you want to achieve and you can do it. You absolutely can. Anybody yeah. And just show up and don't be, don't be afraid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that will be available. I, I wish I had it available right now so I could give you a, a link to it, but, but keep your eyes on the page, facebook.com slash cover band central. It will be announced there also in the group, facebook.com slash groups slash cover band central. And of course the website coverbandcentral.com. You can sign up for a free profile for you or your band or if you're in the music industry you can create a profile for yourself there too um tony's website is weisenheimers.com correct yes or the weisenheimers.com the and everybody out there if you're in the united states have a happy thanksgiving happy healthy be safe don't drink and drive um if you're playing have a great gig and great weekend and uh we will see you. Yeah, and be grateful for all the things you have. Absolutely. Gratitude is huge, man. We will see you next time, everybody.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 